This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Shirts for the Scene. Head over to thepopgoproject.com and you can purchase your favorite band t-shirt today. We are raising money for the local artist in Northeastern Pennsylvania whose income was drastically affected by COVID-19 in 2020. And although we're in a new year, bands will continue to struggle to perform like they once did. So grab a shirt, support a band. The proceeds of each sale go right to the bands whose shirt you are buying. Once again, head over to thepopgoproject.com and grab your shirt today. Shirts for the Scene is made possible by Axelrad Screen Printing. Visit them today at axelradarmy.com. All right, my guests today are in a band who currently reside in Philadelphia, but 75% of them have roots in northeastern Pennsylvania. We talk about how the band got started and their upcoming live stream this Saturday, February 13th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on their Instagram page. We also get into their new album release due out on Sunday, February 14th, but uh, what they are doing surrounding that album release is really special. They unfortunately experienced the loss of a dear friend to suicide, and in response, they are donating the sales of their new album to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. All in all, the last year has been a struggle for everyone, and they want to bring light to the fact that if anyone is experiencing a difficult time, there is always tomorrow, and there is always someone who will listen. These guys are great dudes, and I am really happy I got a chance to talk to them. Hopefully, one day soon, we can all go ham together, and once you listen to this, that will make sense. Welcome to the show, the band Cuddle Drug. Gents, what's going on? How are you doing tonight? How are you? I'm good, man. Just uh, busy. As I said before, that dad life, you know, just dinner and <laughs> baths and bedtime and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, we, we don't get how that is yet. We're uh, we're pretty young. Yet, Take your time. So. Yeah. <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> well, nice. But uh, I am joined tonight uh, by the band Cuddle Drug, which I have never like. So it came my way, and I can't believe that I've never heard of you guys before. Well, we'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you guys are based out of Wilkes-Barre, correct? Yeah, well, we live in Philadelphia. Um, okay. But, but most of us are from the Wyoming Valley. Okay. So, like, Maybe. I grew up I grew up in Larksville. He grew up in Nancope. Um, he's from Reading. And, my parents are from there. Yeah. So. Okay. Every, that's when we started the band, but now okay, yeah. Well, maybe that's why that I haven't heard of you before. All right, because you're, you're, <laughs> you're kind of you're kind of more in Philly, but I mean you're from here, so that's 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 good enough. Um, cool. But I came across your music, um, and I love it uh, for one. And um, I also heard or read that you are doing a uh, a new album being set mm-hmm. to release on Sunday. February 14th, which is Valentine's Day. And that's for a specific reason. We'll get into that. Okay. Um, and then prior to that, you guys are doing a live stream on Saturday, February 13th, correct? Yes, we are. Four Very o'clock. Cool. Four o'clock. Okay. Mm-hmm. On your Facebook page or? No, we're doing it on our Instagram account. That's at Cuddle Drug, one word. So that's that's the account that we do most of our outreach on. So that's where we're going live at four o'clock on Saturday. Very cool. All right. Saturday, four o'clock, Cuddle Drug. Instagram page. So um, there's four of you here with me. Um, 
let's go uh, around the room and uh, l- tell me who you are, what you do in the band, um, and we'll start there. All right, cool. You want to start, Frazy? Yes, I will start. So my name is Frazy. Uh, I play guitar and sing. Cool. I'm Derek. Um, I play drums, and I also play guitar and piano and sing. Uh, I'm David. I uh, sing, and I play acoustic guitar. And I'm Pat. I play bass. Cool. And uh, Derek is wearing a uh, a Red Barons shirt for those of you yeah. who are just listening. <laughs> Throwback to Northeast PA. Yeah, that's the, that's actually the other band that I play in, a junk punk band from Scranton called the Red Barons. I play drums for them. Oh, so that's a, okay. So yeah. I was confusing you with the uh, minor league Phillies team. definitely named after the red barons i grew up going to red barons uh games all the time with my dad so hell yeah i I have a few jerseys at home laying around there i didn't want to get rid of them i'll hang on to them for as long as i can hell yeah you could probably sell them on ebay right now for a lot of money (laughs) i'd rather just keep them but yeah i still have a wooden bat actually that i got from one of those games so is it is it one of the small bats or is it one of the big ones? All right, we're back from uh, some technical difficulties. I, this happened to me last week too. I'm very very sorry, but uh, yeah. no, it's no sweat at all, man. But before we keep going, I'm curious. So are, are we? Is this a family family program? Can we crack one. Bro, all I'm right, right now. What there do you guys? Is that a hams? Yep, we're cheap. <laughs> we're cheap and broke. Bro, that's the best hams. Oh, this is good stuff. Drink this all throughout college. This is like our flagship beer when we need one. Hey, man. I love it. Yeah, was We, uh, me and my buddies used to go uh, to Boston every year until the friggin' pandemic ruined everything in life. Yeah. And uh, we didn't drink hams, but we would also, we would also all say like, we're going ham, which is uh, (laughs) uh, hard as a motherfucker. There you go. <laughs> going ham. Going ham. We used to drink a craft beer that was called Rogue, and whenever we did that, we always had to go Rogue. So okay. Some, some I like it. I like it. So uh, I apologize for that uh, little break there. Um, where were we? We were talking about, about uh, minor league baseball. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, because the Red Barons, is it's now instead of the affiliate of the Phillies, it's an affiliate of the New York Yankees and I myself am a Red Sox fan. So I hate the Yankees. My grandfather from Scranton is a Red Sox fan. So I always root for the Sox. I root for anybody who's playing the Yankees. So (laughs) awesome. Awesome. Exactly. So we talked about who you guys were. When did you guys start the band? It was originally my solo project. So I played in a band with him when we were in high school called tickets or ride. And when we were having that band go on, I kind of branched off and did my own acoustic thing. And there was a band that I played in with a bunch of other dudes named Derek. It was called Derek because <laughs> that was all of our first names. So that was built on some flyers. So I couldn't just call myself Derek when people would say, hey, Derek is playing. It was like, oh, they would show up and see me playing my acoustic guitar and get pissed because they expected that it was going to be the, the punk band. So I had to come up with a solo project name and I, I went with the name Cuddle Drug. It plays off of the neurotransmitter oxytocin, which is released whenever you do anything like give somebody a hug or like, you know, 
whenever you're, you're feeling it, right. When you feel care for somebody that's oxytocin. So we're cuddle drug. And, um, so I had that going on for a while and I recorded two, um, records in like 2011 and 2013 myself. And then when I was at Wilkes, I met Dave and we decided to make it into more of a cohesive project. So it's just kind of grown from there. Um, after I left Wilkes, I moved down to Philadelphia. Then we added Frazee and Pat. Um, my brother, Dylan, who's not here, he's he's like a live performer for us. He plays guitar and keyboard and literally everything we throw at him <laughs> so that we could facilitate the music we record live with the best of our ability. Okay. And um, he's involved. And then the other guys in Tickets Ride, um, Nate, Danny, were involved with playing for some of the shows that we had back in the day. So. It's like a big family band, but this is the current most uh, most recent lineup that we got going on. Yeah, this is kind of a core group. Okay. Yeah, at this point. So awesome. Uh, so when I first saw your name, Cuddle Drug, <clears throat> it's probably won't make any sense to you guys, um, but I have to say it. Um, I I'm really, <laughs> I'm thought of uh, a term that my friend used to say, uh, Cuddle Duds. <laughs> what Cuddle Duds are. I guess from what I've been told are like the, the leggings or the underwear that you would wear under your clothes, I think. And we started saying that because yeah. we, we go camping in the fall and yeah. <laughs> say, make sure you bring your cuddle duds. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that makes they're a lot like, of sense. They're like long johns. My grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be cold tonight. Yeah. So I guess that's a real thing. So shout out to my friend, Dave, <laughs> Dave well, that Kowalik. Makes sense because we're all like outdoorsy kind of dudes, like, um, especially Dave and I, we were in Alaska in the summer of 2017 doing research. So we're, I guess we got to change the band name now. Yeah. Oh, it's Cuddle Duds. <laughs> Cuddle Duds. <laughs> that's you awesome. Were, I never, I didn't ever hear of that. So that's, that's cool. That's funny. So you were in Alaska doing research. What were you guys doing research on? You want to take this one? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we were helping a researcher study um, climate change effects on uh, different populations of a, of a tussock or uh, essentially a grass, a, yeah. grass plants that were in the Arctic tundra. So like way up in the Arctic circle. Yeah, and we were stuck in the middle of nowhere for a hot yeah. second. It was fun. They're pretty. They're pretty common up in that area because. Essentially, especially when you hit the, the tree line where you start to get into the, the truly Arctic areas where trees can't grow. Um, and so this researcher that we were helping, we were essentially going to three different sites that were spread along this like kind of track um, from like north to south. And we would take measurements on each of the, the plants that we were studying and kind of compile these massive data sets. And so it was a lot of field work, a lot of time out in the middle of nowhere a lot of not showering yeah <laughs> a lot of we, being... we saunaed we yeah. saunaed him instead of it because of yeah we had there was a sauna at the field station where everybody would just get naked and hang out in a room with a with a wood stove and, and then sweet. we would then we would uh to, re, to get a reprieve from the heat we would jump in the lake right outside the sauna and then go right back in and repeat that cycle like three or four times yeah and the, and the sun never sets so i got arctic sun or midnight sun madness because it just kind of spins around in the sky yeah. when you're up there and I, after a while i was just kind of going crazy so it was a good time yeah we wrote a lot of music up there <laughs> there you go yeah we had to i was under the impression that climate change wasn't real 
Nah. <laughs> <laughs> we went all the way up oh, there right. across God's green earth to yeah. basically see it for ourselves. Yeah. It's definitely a little, happening. A little note that um, our, our the, the lead researcher gave us when he started the research project, which was in the 70s, right? Yeah, yeah. At this point, it's been like, it's been decades since he started it. Um, he told us when he initially started it, um, the southernmost site had no trees growing there. And that was because of the climate, because the trees literally couldn't. Yeah. The and now now the, the site is almost overrun with outline trees. Because hmm. that area now has a climate that's able to support trees. So if, if anything can prove that climate change is a thing, it's that. Right. We actually got on this podcast to put forward our <laughs> about climate change. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for anyone just listening or watching, I mean, we are joking. I, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, there are people who think it's not real, but I am not one of them. I mean, to each their own. That you can be. Uh, hey, we're here to talk about music. We're just talking about how we went to an Alaskan field station and why. You know? Right. So music. You said you wrote a lot of music there. Was any of that music part of uh, you know the Cuddle Drug product project or? Mm-hmm. Um, a record that is currently out on all major streaming platforms, part of our discography. Um, Dave helped me write when we were there. It's called It Works Both Ways. It was originally released under the name Summer Holds the Earth, which was the band I was playing with at the time. Um, but in retrospect, we recognized that it was a true cuddle drug record because it had the collaborative effort between Dave and I and also the input of the entire group. So we ended up making the decision to re-release it under our record label as a cuddle drug record. So now that is part of the discography. All the music we created up there. Cool. And you have a few different albums out, correct? Like three or four? We have 12. (laughs) 12? Yeah. Hold Um, on. I'm way behind on you guys then. Jesus. Too much music. There's always been a song dump of a band. Okay. Where we just record. I think the point of a band... Um, Pat Kindlin from one of our favorite bands, End of the Year, or a self-defense family or drug church. He has like six bands. Um, he was playing a show the one time and he just said, it's the duty of a band to make as much music as you possibly can. And I support that 100%. Because <laughs> um, whenever we come up with a new vibe, every single cuddle drug iteration has the same basic parts, but it's fundamentally different in the way it came together, which is why it's a fun project for us, because it always ebbs and flows. And there's so many contributors. We had one record where we had a full orchestra, oh, wow. a legitimate wind ensemble. That was Cut Your Demons Down that we released in 2019, 2018, yeah. something like that. I can't keep my head straight about all that shit. But yeah, uh, so. Spotify's mm-hmm. tell me uh, 2019. Yep, exactly. If Spotify doesn't lie. No. <laughs> and actually, so I, I haven't been able to like go through album by album because when I heard you guys, it was the one of the songs I think coming up on the, the new record, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, um, we have but, two singles out from the new record. This record, actually. We, we even brought it down so we could have... Yep, fantastic. it's real. We got, yeah, the, we got the physical records all ready to go. So these Old are school. Of, of Old. 500, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you could enjoy Cuddle Drug from the um, safety of your mid-2000s compact car. <laughs> <laughs> You're very right. They don't make the CD players anymore in the cars. I got an um, 05 Tacoma, so I still listen to CDs yeah. all the time. I don't have an aux cable or Bluetooth in that boy. There you go. There you go. I used to listen to CDs all the time. Then I got a new car, and they don't have a CD player. Uh, 
but then I even advanced, like I would buy a CD still, but then I would put them on my iPod. And I had one of those yeah, exactly. old classic ones that it was like 160 gig. Um, so it, it could fill like it could hold like a thousand or you know, tons of songs. I forget how many songs exactly. Um, but I would go buy the CD, I'd put it on my computer, put it on the iPod, and like my my CD collection from like 2008 till 2018 is probably just in pristine condition because it like saw the light of day once. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I recently dug through all of my old CDs and I just found so much gold from back in the day. <laughs> so I, I did I, too, I actually. Good stuff. Yeah, I just moved back at last August, so I was when I was packing, I was going through all of my uh, my CDs then, and uh, yeah, I found some great stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that my son one day will go through them, and uh, it, it, the CDs to him will be what records are to us now. I guess <laughs> maybe it'll be a revival. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> but he's CD. gonna be like, Dad, how do I play this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or he'll just like sell them because they like, can make a ton of money on them. Mm-hmm. That's why Probably. I keep all my old laptops so I can have an optical drive. <laughs> <laughs> now so I, I i started like just uh randomly playing your music so i don't know what's you know what song is from what era and what album so i'm not gonna try and uh, pretend like i i know that stuff but it's a jungle anyway don't worry <laughs> <laughs> the one song i don't remember what it was even was that uh, that i heard and my wife said she's like that has a uh a sublime vibe to it Ooh, never heard that Dang. yeah what song was Good. that shit I don't remember. Well, it's not important. <laughs> I'll let you guys know. I'd love to know because I want to know what what uh, vein we're hitting that we got to keep hitting. That's yeah. Cool. But uh, so let's talk about this weekend because it's, it's a big weekend. You have Saturday. You have the stream. You're going to be live on your Instagram page. Um, are you doing the stream for anything in particular? Yes. So um, this album is written to eulogize our friend Gage. It's a record that talks about suicidality and it does so in a way that's not necessarily depressing or is meant to bum you out because when you write about the issue of suicide or you write about losing the people that you love, of course that music is going to be bummer, but we decided that that wasn't going to be, you know, the world has been ending for a whole year. We were so sick of that. We lost our homie in the middle of that, and it just kind of set us over the edge of writing sad songs. We didn't want to. So we did it in a more uplifting, energetic, positive, hopeful way. So this record, it's it's a eulogy for our friend Gage, but none of the songs are actually written directly about what happened to him. It's all written about our perspective and the way that we are building our lives and how we are experiencing the world in this crazy political climate. And this gnarly once in a century pandemic, um, just so you know, we're all in the same house. So that's why we're not masked. So, um, and I'm vaccinated because I work in healthcare. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, but yeah, the, we kind of, it, maybe a week and a half ago, we sat down, felt really guilty about making any money from a record that directly addresses these issues. Cause we wrote this record to eulogize Gage. We, re- we wrote it in a function of catharsis because we were so utterly upset. So we, we felt guilty. We kind of all came to a consensus about feeling really guilty about keeping money from this. So we decided as a band that we weren't going to. So we we're gonna donate 100% of the proceeds that come from this to the National 
suicide prevention lifeline because they're an organization that truly improves people's mental health outcomes. And we do that in memory of our friend Gage, who is one of my closest friends, um, right? He's one of my best friend's husbands uh, for the longest time. Actually, the, the person that did all of the album photography, my friend Ashton, who now lives in Boston, used to live in Pittsburgh, was married to Gage. He lived with Gage and Ashton for a long time when, in Pittsburgh. Um, he's from Wilkes-Barre, right? He grew up in South Wilkes-Barre. We used to get into trouble together. <laughs> so I knew him before because I was really good friends with Ashton too, but he was just like a part of us. He was a, he was a big slice of our lives. And when he took his life, it, it still messes me up. There's not a day that goes by that I don't want to deal with that. But this record addresses that directly to yeah. say that there is hope. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. That's why we're trying to direct as much attention as we can to that organization that will help people like him, like us, like everyone. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm really sorry to hear that. I'm sorry to hear that about your friend. Um, that's, that's awful. Uh, but I think what you guys are doing is really great. Um, and I hope you sell a lot of records and, and make a lot of money. And, and, you know, mental health, I think, is not, I don't want to say finally, but like, it's finally being talked about in a sense, um, especially this, this, this past year. Cause uh, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm fortunate where I don't think I've ever really experienced any kind of mental health issues. I mean, there were times like this, especially this past year where, you know um, you know, going through a pandemic and, and having, you know, at, at, at the time a two-year-old uh, son and, kind of trying to navigate the this crazy life that we have and you know with, with a with a kid yeah. not that i'm any different from anybody else but like it's just a different scenario um it's mm-hmm. it's definitely it's taxing you know and um thankfully i'm in a, a good state and you know my my wife my, my wife and i um are good communicators with each other and you know we we help each other through things but not everyone has that um and you know, I, I always when I hear things like this that happen, and and you know, people taking their own lives, and I just I can't imagine what they were like going through, and it, it obviously wasn't good, you know, with you know internal struggles or or whatever it might be. It's it's you know, people often say like, oh, suicide is uh, what's the word, a coward way out, um, but I, I mean, used to say stuff like that when I was younger. Sure. I used to think those things and what a night, what, what, a, what a, an incredible lie that is. Yeah. You know, I mean, what, what, a, what a crazy way to think about the world. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's good to have the, the support systems that we do and that's really important. And even when we're steeped in our support system, sometimes we need an outside perspective to bring us back, to break us out of that fight or flight response to remind us that there is hope in our situation. Yeah. So that's why we're supporting the hotline. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I can't, I can't imagine like what someone goes through to get to that level, like where like that's, that's like the best route. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm thankful that I haven't ever experienced that, but uh, I, I'm, you you know, you get older and you think about those things and it's like, how do they get to that point? And how terrible must it have been in their own head that that's the route that they took? So. A big part of this record is that I had insight into my friend Gage's thought process, right? 
and I'll beat myself up or I have been beating myself up trying to get answers to questions that there really are no answers. Right. And that's the worst part is that you won't ever get an answer. Um, but this album talks a lot about that in different ways in processing that and accepting that it's okay. Like one the last track on the record that Dave wrote is called mind is full. And it talks about being mindful that sometimes you have so much in your head that it's okay to accept that you just can't hold any single other thought. You're so, you're so full. Um, that's, that's a lot of what we end up talking about, but what I was saying is that it's not, it's not a bummer, right? We do it in a way that we do suggest that even if you can't understand, even if you can't understand what you're going through, I'm not saying you, but like in a general sense, right. if someone's going through something, there's always tomorrow. There's tomorrow if you want it. Right. And that's, that's one of the big messages that we try to put forward. You know, we have dance songs, we have indie pop songs, we have some yeah. like harder rock songs. Um, there's a big variety on this album. And I think that goes with the kind of thoughts that go through anybody's mind, especially in a year of a pandemic, you know? <laughs> so it's, there's a lot going on all the time. This record is definitely a mixed bag of that kind of stuff. Yeah. In a big way, this, sorry about that. No, go ahead. In a big way, this, this record um, is, is each, each one of us uh, in terms of the songwriting um, it's it's our perspective of, of processing what happened, um, and you know part of mental health is is being able to to process things in a healthy way and a productive way. And this record, in its totality, um, with all of its individual facets, um, is a testament to that. Each one of us had songs that we had written that uh, displayed kind of the way we. Um, we're working through, you know, that whole situation. And so it's, it's important to have that kind of honest uh, sort of dialogue and processing uh, in these situations. We like to describe our band as an art force <laughs> because, you know, I'm not the only author of this band. Dave isn't the only author of this band. Frazy isn't the only author of this band. We, we have different songs that we write and bring to the table, um, but we're also all day ones. There's a certain benefit that you get from having your friends and family from the minute you can think being the people that are supporting you in a creative effort, the people that bring stuff together with you to be an artist. We can't really hide from each other. We don't even try. <laughs> um, so we know when to push each other. We know when to give each other the encouragement to bring what we create through to the next level. Like, the fifth track on the record is called Type A. It was a song that Frazy wrote. And at first, like, it's a powerhouse song. It's, it's a celebratory song now. There's a reason why it ends the A side of the record, because it brings so much emotion and it's so definitive. But it wasn't always like that. At first, it was kind of more timid. It was, um, I don't mean to speak for your song, but it was, it was less. It was held back. And I, did, I never told Frazy what to write or how to write it. But I was like, I think you're on the cusp of something here. I think that like, I was like, I was pushing him in a direction. Like you gotta, you gotta like tease out exactly what you're trying to talk about. And then one day he just came down and was like, here it is. And he played it. And I was like, okay, that's on the record. <laughs> so that's, that's why it's good to work together in that way. You know? Yeah. I think it really 
speak to kind of what Derek was saying about the one aspect of each other. He knows me so well that he not only knows the situation I was writing about, but maybe he has some insight into the emotions I was feeling or thinking about when I was writing the song. So when I'm trying to figure it out whatever, and then he knows me so well, he'd be like, oh, maybe you were thinking this or not that. But like he said, he wasn't telling me to write anything, but at the same time, it's kind of like, hey, here, this, here, that. And it's like, oh, you're right. I That's how this is. That's, I mean, I think that's what made that song so great in the end was just the collaboration we all had. And uh, that's just one little tiny tidbit, but that's kind of the way that we write all of our songs. We get to the point where we're pushing each other through to what we need to be. Yeah, I was going to ask you if that's how, kind of how this this album came together. You know, a lot of collaboration and and you know talking through things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, we were all stuck together for when this pandemic yeah. started. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, right. We're all still stuck together, but that's fine because. I mean, we jam all the time. We have what we got going on. We wrote a whole record. We actually wrote two records because we have multiple bands, but we're just going to talk about this one. Um, this, yeah. So when all of this started, I can honestly say, and I think I might speak for all of us here, that this wouldn't have happened if it weren't for the pandemic. Little little tiny gem of that. We all had so much going on in our lives. And we were all so, I don't want to say separated, but just focused on what we were doing. When the pandemic happened, it scared the shit out of us, mm-hmm. and it brought us to a place where we had to address what we were feeling, and we had to address each other. And we were writing music all throughout the start of the pandemic and getting stuff together in a very disjointed way of just like, oh, yeah, these are good songs. These are good songs. We ended up creating an EP in the late summer that was released that's called I'll See You Before I Go. So there were some of like those ideas that were expressed in that record, but we still had so much content that we were just hanging on to. And then when Gage died, everything was stopped. It was like you could hear a pin drop in this house. It made us unify, right? I think that that's a little microcosm that happened in this house of what happened in the world, in the country, is that you know you have shared trauma you have these experiences that bring you to a place where you feel scared and you don't know what to think and you don't know what to say. And you have two choices. You could let it eat you alive or you can create something beautiful. And we chose the latter. We had no choice. So we gave our absolute all and we made this full length. And I remember listening to it the first time in my truck, when we were done recording it. And I honestly like had to pull over. I was like, how the hell did we make this? I'm not trying to talk it up to say it, like a top charting record or something i was just really surprised at the content and the amount of collaboration that we brought forward and the variety i was like okay and that's when i realized that if it weren't for this stupid ass pandemic then we wouldn't have had this record (laughs) (laughs) i was like okay sweet but then it became a beast and we didn't know what to do with it which is why we're donating all the money we're trying to direct as much attention we're getting a lot of attention as this band right now and that in a sense kind of makes us feel guilty because the whole point of us trying to give all the money to the lifeline is because we didn't want to profit in any way from the album because of what happened with Gage. And if we're getting a lot of attention, we're trying to use our voice now to direct as much as we can in that direction so that anybody that's experiencing something like that knows that it's not hopeless and there's always tomorrow if you want it. 
So I'm going to keep coming back to that point because it's a big part of what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think you should take anything away from, you know, who you are as musicians and, and your talent and, and all that kind of stuff as far as, you know, feeling guilty about, you know, creating this, this piece of art and benefiting in any way. But I mean, I do appreciate, you know, the fact that you acknowledge that and, and want to take it a step further and do good with it. Um, yeah. Any, any sort of attention that we get from this, we're just going to continue to snowball into doing other sort of outreach projects. That's we've, we've been musicians for a long time. We've had a lot of bands. We've been doing this for a hot second and I think we've always tried to do a benefit shows. Um, food. There was a while that I was booking like 20 shows a year in a church in Courtdale and we just made it into a, a food drive every single time for the domestic violence center. Not because we felt like we needed to assign some kind of virtue to our music, but like we're having like hundreds of people show up for a bunch of bands and everybody is like, uh, it's just like, okay, (laughs) it's just, it just makes sense to do this kind of outreach work because we care about our community. We care about each other and we want to make sure that we're using what we're not, we're not a super popular band. I don't know if you're able to pick up on that. (laughs) We're not, we never really set out to do but the little kind of attention that we get, we always try to funnel back into a positive way because it makes us feel good and it does real work. So this is like a hobby for us in a sense that we make music, but it turns into something more genuine and mm-hmm. much more gratifying to be able to bring something forward like that and then do that kind of advocacy work. It yeah. needs to happen, you know? So if we could even do a sliver of that and we contribute, then we feel good about what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to, you know, say that, uh, and not to try and talk about myself because that's not what I want to do with this. But I mean, like, what I'm doing here is is kind of the same thing that you know what you guys are doing. I wish, I wish I had, uh, you know, a million listeners or a million viewers that, that you know helped you know catapult you guys to the next level. But that's not the case. I mean, I, I built this um, whole platform so that I could try and help people. Um, you know, give bands a, a platform that they can use to talk about, you know, stuff like this. And, and hopefully, you know, if one person hears this and donates, to, you know, buys an album and, it, you know, gets donated to the cause, and that's great. Um, but I launched the Shirts for the Scene campaign uh, for all the local musicians here in Northeastern Pennsylvania, um, where, you know, there's a whole store full of, of bands and merch that, you know, if you buy that, if you buy stuff, the proceeds from the sale go back to the bands because I mean, obviously you guys, you know, you haven't been able to play a show really since last March, you know? So Mm -hmm. I really wanted to, you know, bands are always, and you said this, bands are always the first people who donate their time and talents to, you know, benefits and help raise money. And it's like, we've never given back to the bands, you know, Mm -hmm. not that the, not that the guys have asked ever, you know, you guys do what you do because you, you want to, but now it's a time where like, you know, you guys need help, not you specifically, but like you know, musicians and artists. And yeah. So no, I, I was looking into what you were doing when, when we first got connected and we were talking about doing this, I looked into your project and I was like, this is awesome. I really appreciate what you're doing, especially for the, the NUPA music scene, because it needs people like you to get involved like that, especially because bands will always, hopefully bands will always want to do that kind of outreach work and the best especially the best thing you could do for a band to make them happy is like buy their shirt 
Right. You know, if, if you really want to show, like when I see a band that I truly like, like, yeah, I'll tell them that they're great, but like, you know, I'll buy something from their merch table. Like we have a ton of koozies just sitting over there <laughs> from bands that we randomly played with that I wanted to show that we appreciated them. And I also wanted them to like have gas money. You know what I mean? Yeah. So but that was back before the world decided to explode. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we'll be able to play again soon when everybody can do it in a safe way. Yeah, I'm hoping the summertime kind of things get better and more relaxed, and and you know, there's the vaccine coming out and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know, man. I'm I'm worried. It's it's a scary time. I don't want to be yeah, like negative Nancy, it. but uh, it's like, and it was funny. I was just talking to the lead singer of a band called Send Request, mm-hmm. um, locally here. I know those guys. Yeah, great guys. I think we played with them once or twice when we took it to ride. Awesome. They're from Nanakoke, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, was, he, he and I uh, were big Joe Rogan fans and Joe Rogan has this uh, new like um, energy drink slash CBD drink out with Kill Cliff. <laughs> and like for 12 cans, it's like 70 some dollars. And I'm like, yeah, what the heck? I know. So I'm like, I'm a huge Joe Rogan fan. So like he could tell me to go jump off a bridge. I probably do it. I'm, I'm, I'm nuts. Right. But like, so I had, I had a 12 pack of this, this drink in like my cart, like at least five times. I'm like, no, I can't do it. Like I got, you know, I got things I got to take care of. And he reached out to me like two weeks ago and said, Hey, uh, I know you're a big Rogan fan. Have you tried this yet? And I said, no, I, I, can't, I just couldn't pull the trigger on the price. He's like me either, man. But uh, you want to go halves on it? I said, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a little more, uh, you know, doable. <laughs> So he was, he was just here at the house uh, like two hours ago picking that up. Um, but what was I getting at? He, uh, what was I, why, was I, why did I bring that up? Um, I don't know. He, he, just similar things. Do you have what, the energy drink? That's what we're all waiting for. I have not had it yet. Is it I, have not, I have not had it. It's like a pineapple jalapeno drink. I have not had it yet. As somebody who has jumped off a bridge for fun. <laughs> I would I would try that drink, but I certainly wouldn't do it for like seventy bucks or whatever. Yeah, so, that's why we try to make things affordable because we're not Joe Rogan. <laughs> None of us are. Yeah. We're drinking hams over here. Yeah, we're yeah. we're we're balling on a budget all the time. <laughs> so what are you gonna do? I feel like an asshole, Doc. I figure I forget why I even brought him up, but um, shit, I don't know. But uh, I guess because he's very similar, you know similar in the fact that what he, what you guys said before about, you know, kind of taking a step back from, you know, in this pandemic and, and what, what the world, you know, kind of came to and just self-reflecting and, and kind of diving, diving into music and all that kind of stuff. Uh, that's not exactly where I was going. Cause I, I thought about that before, but whatever I'm drinking. So hands go ham. It's all right. I mean, I'm, I'm out. So <laughs> get another one. Get another one. <laughs> he did not need uh, his arm twisted at all. <laughs> no. Hey, it's your show, man. <laughs> I'm here for you guys. Appreciate it. Very appreciate it. Yeah, so I'm glad. Yeah, I'm hopeful for the summer, too. Yes, Honestly. we're ta- we're talking about the summertime, and yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Maybe we'll play Coachella. Uh, absolutely <laughs> just just tell people you are and then the, it'll get canceled and you're like oh well, we had a date i mean we were on the bill mm-hmm. well um drummer in tickets ride 
is working on a lot of like really cool electronic music. And we were planning on going to Switzerland to the um, Geneva um, Montreux Jazz Festival right before this started. We had like made plans to do it. So that got canceled. Um, my buddy, Chris Castillo, who plays in a band called The Greater Victory, for yeah. a long time, I helped him with booking a fest called Yardstock that yes. was out in Shikshini. We got like, God, I don't even know how many people that would come out. <laughs> it was just like a sea of people to come out and watch like two or three days worth of like a hundred bands play in a field. So like there's, there's a lot of stuff in the works, but like it, it's that kind of stuff that I'm looking forward to. Not necessarily yeah. that like warp tour is going to come back or that, that like I'm, I'm excited to see what grassroots punk DIY kind <laughs> of organizers do when this shit is over. Like yeah. um, I was talking about the red barons. Um, those guys are from Scranton, but now they live down here in Philly and they're in brewery town. And we're working on all, all sorts of stuff. We're already trying to book a big outdoor fest type of deal in the spring at a Frisbee golf course. And <laughs> it's called Sedgley Woods. <laughs> And that's going nice. to be sweet. We have to build a stage, so we have to go heisting pallets in my truck again, which we've done because we built so many stages out of pallets. It's ridiculous. But, so that's the kind of stuff we're stoked about. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Cool. Well, where can people find you guys on uh, social media and the uh, streaming services? So we're, we're everywhere. Um, wherever you get your music, if you stream on Spotify, we're there. Um, just find us under our name, Cuddle Drug, one word. Um, Amazon, Deezer, YouTube, Pandora, basically everything. Um, so you can find all that stuff there. But for the sake of what we're doing right now, for the benefit that we're doing for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, you can find it on our Bandcamp. And that's cuddledrug.bandcamp slash merch. One thing that we didn't hit on yet is... Um, Frazy painted all of the artwork. So my buddy Ashton did the actual photography for the album, but all the other elements on here, he painted. Those were original paintings that we ended up Photoshopping on. So all of these things everywhere in this big pride heart that we have, which is a big part of our album too. Those are all individual hand painted elements. So he made the decision to, donate all of that so we're also doing an art raffle um that's available on the cuddle drug band camp as well which again is cuddledrug.bandcamp.com slash merch um entries are a dollar there's no limit to how many times you could enter or where you enter in the world it will ship free um and we're announcing those winners we're choosing them and announcing them on our stream which is on our instagram which is at cuddle drug this saturday at four o'clock i was playing a full a full band set to commemorate the record coming out and then the record comes out the following day on valentine's day everywhere at 9 a.m in new york so that's that's when it launches everywhere awesome uh i mean i think you guys should play your entire uh, catalog but that's just me We definitely would not have the time or energy. <laughs> I think we the internet, the internet is infinite. Like all you have is time. <laughs> You're not limited to one hour. You can play the entire. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. We're working on a nice little cohesive set. We're playing a lot of the material from this album, but we're also playing 
some of the other material that is classic. Yeah, a few few throwbacks that are songs that we just love that we made as this band. So um, it's definitely not all new stuff and it's not all old stuff either. So we're happy to bring it forward. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad that I came across uh, you guys. I think your music music is great. I think what you're doing uh, this weekend on the 13th and 14th uh, is, is awesome. I'm sorry that um, it came at the expense of a dear friend of yours, but um, you know, making those. If you were here with us now, I feel like he'd just be like leaning on screen, like, "Hey, everybody, <laughs> get on that podcast, <laughs> check out, like, get on the live stream, like that kind of stuff." Because he was always just so energetic. And he was always so full of life. Yeah, we miss our friend. Yeah. Um, but this is just one of those little things we can do. This has been, this has helped us personally so much in creating this to start to process what the hell happened. And I think that all of us soon will start to look at what happened over the whole year and what happened in the political sphere and like everything at large, as soon as life starts to get back to what could be normal or whatever. And we're all going to be like, what the hell happened? <laughs> we're all going to be left with trying to describe a lot of questions that don't have answers. Yeah. This yeah. album. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So there it is. Okay. And we're very grateful that you had us on. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you so much. We're a bunch of drunk doofers <laughs> chilling out. And uh, <laughs> um, seriously, though, from the bottom of our hearts as the band code, thanks for having us on your show. We love what you're doing and we're happy to be on and support what you got going on, dude. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate the kind words and uh, I will be following you guys and seeing what you're up to and uh, best of luck this weekend with the live stream. Again, that's uh, Saturday, February 13th at 4 PM on the cuddle drug Instagram page. And you can also pick up um, the album the following day um, on the streaming services, but make sure you check out the live stream on Saturday. Uh, guys, I mean, again, what you guys are doing, what you turned a, a, a terrible incident into, you know, the, the best you could. So, you know, kudos to you guys for doing that. And I wish you guys all the best of luck. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Be well. Take care. And everybody who's listening, stay well. Awesome. Thanks, guys. <laughs>